Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, we're on vacation this week, but don't worry. We've got new shows each day for you, including today. We're going to talk all about the Tampa Bay Lightning. What changes may the Lightning make this offseason? What kind of contract will Braden Point receive? And what does Nikita Kucherov have to improve to be more of a factor in the postseason? We've got Diana Neros, the Lightning beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times, to answer all those questions and many more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, if you'd like to sponsor this podcast or a portion of it, we've got lots of new ways you can do that. Our advertisers are having great success and you will too. Now, for more information, here's what you do. Contact us now on Twitter, at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We'll give you all the information you need on the various ways you can be a sponsor. This podcast is growing. We'd love to have you be part of our team. Okay, Diana Neros joins us now, and uh, Diana, St. Louis wins the Stanley Cup first time uh, after being in last place You know, on January 3rd. I imagine the Boston Bruins feel pretty bad today. Who do you think feels worse, the Bruins right now, or is it perhaps the Tampa Bay Lightning? How bad do they their fans feel right now? I would say Bruins feel worse right now because the Lightning's been living with this. The Lightning fans That's have been true. living with this. It's very fresh for Bruins fans, um, mm-hmm. like my father. Um, <laughs> oh, no. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, I personally, I love to see a franchise that's never win, never won it before win it, or who hasn't yeah. won it in a long time win it. So to add a, add a new franchise to the Stanley Cup is a good thing in my book. Yeah, no, I think it was exciting, certainly for St. Louis, and to go into Boston in a Game 7 situation and, and, and win the way they won, it was really, really pretty remarkable. Um, it is an incredible story, though. I mean, I, last place team, you know, which seems like a long time ago, January 3rd, not just in their division or conference, but in, in the NHL. So what did what did what can the Lightning or any team, for that matter, take from sort of the grit and, and resilience that this Blues team showed? Well, there were a few pieces to that. Um, so Craig Berube took over in November, so. You kind of can't mm-hmm. really expect, even if he was your assistant coach, anybody to take over and immediately turn things around. But you're seeing the effect of what he did with that team um, once he took over. Jordan Bennington um, was called up kind of unexpectedly as they started their run in January, and he just mm-hmm. took off in a way that a rookie goaltender uh, <laughs> is not expected to do <laughs> by any means. Um, but the Lightning saw this from St. Louis. They didn't play St. Louis until once the Blues were on this run. And mm-hmm. they lost in overtime once. Um, then, you know, they lost them twice in some close, exciting games. They almost came back once. Um, so, you know, the Blues from January on did a lot of what the Lightning did for most of the season in that, they just consistently won. 
I couldn't pinpoint exactly what the difference is once the Blues got to the playoffs at first, once the Lightning got to the playoffs, but the Blues were down to the Stars and then came back in that series. I mean, there's just, you know, every team is different and every team talks about grit and who wants it more, which is one of my least favorite tropes in sports, who wants it more. <laughs> um because everyone wants to win. <laughs> There's yes, no like, do. oh, I don't care. Um, right. But, you know, it just, it all came together for them. And, you know, they've got some guys who, similarly to the Lightning or any team really, you know, been on that team for a long time without winning. And um, they brought in the right pieces. You know, that's a big thing is you see the effects of some of the guys that they traded for and signed in the off season which that mm-hmm. might be where the uh, biggest parallels are, is that the Lightning don't have any gaping holes, but um, mm-hmm. you know, are there little pieces they can add? They don't need necessarily a Ryan O'Reilly who's going to come kind of be able to take over on the second line. They, they've got that. But some of these other pieces that can, can, can add you know, something somewhere to give them that boost, um, they don't, you know, need the major signings by any means in this off season, but are there little pieces to add? Right. Exactly. Well, it's been, um, it's been about two months, uh, since their season ended abruptly. And uh, I know you've had a chance, to, uh, really to, to look at each player. I know you've written a lot, uh, sort of analysis on, on the seasons that a lot of these guys have had. And, and, and for that matter, what they did in the postseason. I guess there's a macro kind of look at things, um, when you do, autopsies on seasons and then there's the the micro but let, let's let's talk about a couple players specifically when you went back and you've had some time to, to digest it um you know Nikita Kucherov was a was a big story um you know he got suspended in one game we know that what what sort of was the takeaway from what was as good a season as anybody had in the NHL this year but it just didn't translate in the postseason well, I would say Nikita Kucherov's the favorite for the heart and the Ted Lindsay, which is the MVP mm-hmm. is voted by media and most outstanding is voted by players. And he deserves that. He had an That's epic right. season. Mm-hmm. Um, but what could take him to that next level? Um, you know, from being, I would say he's proven himself a superstar, but he could be a generational kind of player. Um, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of decision-making and maybe decision-making and kind of controlling some uh, impulses. Uh, he mm-hmm. takes some bad penalties, and the suspension is the glaring big example of these. Mm-hmm. He does not, he's not a dirty player who gets suspended frequently. He got fined for the first time this year and then suspended in the playoffs. Um, so it's not like he's constantly doing things on that level, but it was mm-hmm. the magnification of a thing that he's done. What was more typical of Kucherov on that play was the trip that started it. So he reached out and tripped Nutavara um, mm. and then boarded him. But the trip mm. was just as unnecessary, less problematic because it doesn't cause the you know injury yeah. and everything. But that was the kind of penalties that Kucherov was taking a lot of this year are kind of he got beat. He missed something. He got a little frustrated and he strikes out. And now he's put himself in the box and put his team on the kill. And his team had a great kill all regular season, obviously not playoffs. But still, you're putting your team in a position that they didn't need to be in. And they're not the kind of penalties that are like, oh, let me try to catch up to this. And I'm going to prevent a goal 
but then we'll have to kill. Like, it's not that kind of okay penalty to take. Um, they're mostly stick penalties of the sort that are just unnecessary. And I think those are the little things that could make a major difference in elevating Kucherov to another level um, of what's already some great play. You know, he, he has stepped up in the playoffs in the past. The past couple of years have not been a great example, but you look at what he did before that, you know, he's, he can play in the playoffs. He can be a playoff player. I'm not sure exactly why it was different um, this year and last year, but it goes, you know, beyond just being him. Um, and it's not like, you know, oh, he's never performed in the playoffs. He can never be a playoff player. He needs to find that that success again. Um, but I really think it's those little decisions, those little impulses, moments of frustration um, and he's shown he can grow within that frustration. You know, he no longer lets his own, um, you know, a bad game doesn't roll into multiple games as it once did for him. So he's shown some growth already. So if he can kind of continue that, um, he could be the generational kind of player that we all talk about forever. Yeah, certainly has the skill to do that. And you're right. I would agree with you with those awards, which we'll talk about in a minute. You know, one thing you can't uh, necessarily predict, but it happens to all, all teams at some point are injuries and and Victor Hedman was injured and so now that you take a step back and you look at it I mean how it seems seems trite maybe to say but I mean how difficult was that for the Lightning to not have him in the roles that they're used to having him I think there was a compound of Victor Hedman being hurt and Ryan McDonough not being Ryan McDonough Um, yeah exactly I wonder if there was something up with Ryan McDonough um, just because he was so out of character as well, but I don't actually mm-hmm. know that. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason why I say it's the compound is when Hedman got hurt in the regular season, there wasn't much effect. You know, when you can lose your defending Norris Trophy winning defenseman and still be winning games, um, you know, that's a great sign. It's obviously still bigger than that, and this is the playoffs, and it's a little different. The biggest place I think they missed Hedman was on that power play. You know, he might not be the one getting all of the power play points when you were looking at a um, forward led by Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, and you know the fourth forward rotated a little bit, but on excuse me, often Palat. So mm-hmm. you know he kind of aren't really paying attention to Hedman as much on the playoffs, but he is, you know, plays the point. I mean, you're not playing, paying attention to him as much on the power play, excuse me, but he plays that point role so well and kind of generates so much of what happens on the power play that that's, I think where he was missing the most. And those first two games when he played, he didn't look like himself in any form. He had some bad turnovers. The Mm -hmm. power play wasn't, you know, as smooth as it is. And, I don't put everything on Victor Edmund's shoulders because there's enough stars on this team. Blame can go all the way around. Um, but there, there was definitely um, an, an absence there with even when he was in the lineup, him not looking like himself. Yeah, I think you make great points. And, and so you wonder uh, about the impact uh, all around, and especially on special teams and the power play. Um, you know, this will be the first full off season with uh, Julian Breesbaugh as the GM. I mean, Steve Eiserman now is, is in Detroit. Um, so in terms of the philosophy, I mean, I know those guys work closely together. Do you think there'll be any changes in, in the way 
he continues to tweak or build this team, like the styles of the style of players, for example, or or what do you think his his imprint will be? I think there'll be small tweaks. Mm-hmm. He, you know, it was Eisman was the GM, and he was the one that we all talked about. But Brisebois had a role in building the team that it is now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that he's going to come in and make any major overhauls. Um, I think there'll be some small tweaks that you'll see that, you know, and maybe kind of in a gradual way, this will shift a little bit. But, um, I mean, you see that he, with the front office changes that they made, they promoted internally and brought one new person in. And He said at the time, somebody internal said to him, you know, hey, is this your time to bring in your people? And he was like, you are my people. I've been working with you for nine years. <laughs> like, where, where am I bringing people from? <laughs> um, I paraphrased a little bit there, but, you know, that's the yeah, I understand. This is his, he, he's been in this organization. He's been in this front office. You know, this, this is his team um, yes. as well. So I don't think we're going to all of a sudden see, oh, this is Breezewell style, um, because I think we've been seeing some of his impact yeah. for the past, you know, however many years. Mm-hmm. He does. He does have some decisions to make uh, uh, with some players, I suppose. And uh, you know, Braden Point's going to be a restricted free agent. So, what kind of deal do you think he gets? Does he get sort of a, a bridge deal for three years or less, or uh, you know, does it become a big, you know, a big, you know, seven eight year deal, whatever? And 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 I would imagine what they do will impact the Lightning uh, in terms of, uh, of their salary cap and what they can do forward, right? Yeah, the Lightning um, have some salary cap issues. So uh, that's definitely uh, a question, and Braden Point's the biggest piece of it. Um, yeah. I think he'll get somewhere in the $8 million. Um, I don't mm. think he'll be the new highest-paid player. Kucherov's raise kicks in, and he's getting 9 when I'm starting next year or this year, depending on how you calculate that. Um, right. But he, I don't think Point will pass him. I think Point will be in the range with Stamkos, maybe not quite above Stamkos. But, um, you know, this is a big payday that Braden Point has earned. Um, sure, the playoffs didn't look good, but they didn't look good on anyone. I don't think mm-hmm. that's going to penalize him in a major way, um, you know, on this contract. Uh, he looked so good this year in many facets, Uh Cooper praised him repeatedly as a uh, two-way center you know, who can really go up against top lines. Um, you know, he had his first 40-goal season, and not in a way that you were like, okay, he's got 40, but can he go bigger in the way that was, you know, oh, this is an indication of what's to come. Uh, so I, I think he's earned this. Um, how exactly they adjust things. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. To make it happen is the question. 
um, especially because the free agents coming off the books, mostly all of that salary is accounted for in raises to other players. So there's definitely going to have to be some moves to make it all work. Um, and uh, that's a lot more numbers and finances than my brain mm-hmm. deals with uh, very well. <laughs> hmm. um, so uh, there's definitely going to have to be some um, some adjustments, some moving. Somebody's going to have to, somebody or somebody's, um, you know, are, are, are going to have to uh, pay the price for Braden Point, so to speak. So it'll yeah. be uh, interesting to see exactly how that plays out. Well, you mentioned those players, and, and, and I guess some could be traded or whatnot, but, uh, I mean, we're talking about guys, and, and I guess we can go through the list here. I mean, uh, Ryan Callahan, for example, uh, what do you do with uh, Tyler Johnson or Alex Kalorn or J.T. Miller or Palat or Gord? I mean, of those of that group, I mean, who do you think is probably the most vulnerable, least likely maybe to be here next year? Callahan, I mean, I perhaps? think it's got to be Ryan Callahan, and mm-hmm. I think that the room takes a hit when you lose Ryan Callahan, his leadership what was most impressive about that whole situation this year was his response to being taken out of the lineup was still, you know, there was no sulking. I'm sure he was not happy about it. He said it sucked. And that was the worst thing he ever said about it. Like that was it. Sure. Um, and he still said it sucks, but like there was a, but, you know, I don't remember the exact mm-hmm. quote, but you know, but that's what it takes and it's good for the team, you know, it's the team and whatever. And, you know, sure players say that, but he says it meaningfully. Um, mm-hmm. And he means a lot to this team and you could see what he means when he got back in the lineup, but he carries a big contract and, you know, you don't really want to pay a guy that much money to not play. And it's not like he's, he's a great player and on a team that's not as deep as the lightning, he would be in that role. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, you look at well, why would somebody else pay him that much money if maybe the lightning don't want to, because most teams aren't as deep as the lightning. Most teams don't have Ryan Callahan sitting on in the press box. You know, I think there is a market for him. Um, and I think he is, you know, he was odd man out this year. And I think, I think that, you know, could be where, um, this could be the end of his time with the Lightning, and I don't think anybody really wants that, but I think it could be what has to happen. Could there be a surprise? I mean, could a Tyler Johnson be moved? Is that in the cards at all, you think? Anything could happen. If there's anything we've yeah. learned in sports, it's that <laughs> anything can happen. <laughs> right. right. Um, <laughs> you know, players we don't expect to move get moved all the time. Players that we think are guarantees to resign get offered bigger money somewhere else and disappear. I mean, it happens. Um, and I kind of won't be surprised if there's a surprising move, but I don't know who it'll be. So it will be surprising if that makes sense. Sure. Um, sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, I think there is a chance for somebody else to be moved. Now there are a lot of no trade clauses on this team, but most of them are partial and, mm-hmm. If you sell it on a player, you know, you could convince him to go somewhere that he wasn't into going before. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think they're going to blow it up, but I think you could see a couple moves. I mean, even a guy like Louis Domingue might have the most, you know, his his trade value might be higher now in terms of what you could get, right? I mean, I'm not saying they're going to trade him, but it's still 
There's a lot of names, you know, a lot of a lot of possibilities. Yeah, there's a lot of names and a lot of guys who stepped up in ways this year that would make them valuable. Attractive. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are very few guys on this team that I don't think there would be a market for. Um, it's just a matter of how Brisebois decides to arrange it. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, if you look at uh, you look at the Lightning's blue line, right, and you've got Victor Hedman and Ryan McDonough, we we've talked about, and Eric uh, Chernek and then Mikhail Servachev, and and Jan Ruda is signed as well. So, who are, who else will they have on their defense next year? I mean, is there a chance that they re-sign any of these guys with Anton Strawman or Colburn or or Dan Girardi? I think there's a chance. Um, it would have to be at a discount. Um, mm-hmm. They're all making two plus. Um, Strawman's making a, more than that, and I'm blanking on the number right now. But uh, they they are all expensive for their age. But they all have families and kids in school here, and you know it's possible that if if one of them sees you know an end of the career coming and says you know what I'll take a discount for a year just to finish out my career where I am and where my kids in school, and then we'll you know go from there, you know, if they all have some strong ties to this community in one form or another. So I could see, I could see some willingness to take a discount to stay here. Um, but it also might not be the case. So they could all move on. Um, but I think that's the scenario in which, um, any of them end up staying here is that they would have to take a discount to do so. Well, they're going to have to make some moves. Obviously, we talked about the salary cap. Um, I, I'm wondering, uh, in terms of free agent targets, you know, you hear a lot about Eric Carlson, although that's going to be, you know, re- require quite a few trades, I would imagine, to create that space. Are there any other targets? Um, one that uh, Steve Versick has mentioned to me is uh, Jake, Jacob Truba. Is that is that a possibility? Uh, I I think the targets will be kind of role guys who might add something to the room. Um, gotcha. Not that this room needs a ton of leadership. There is some leadership. Mm-hmm. But if you lose Strawman and Callahan, then those are two of your, um, your your big leaders. But I think there's something missing, um, or they wouldn't have failed spectacularly. So maybe a role guy who adds some piece of chemistry that addresses that, that piece that's missing might be what's necessary. You look at the fact that no team has won um, the cup without a previous cup winner in something like 25, 30 years, um, including the blues. So maybe a role player who brings that experience, not a star player who's won it. You don't need that, but Mm -hmm. maybe there's something to this and maybe somebody, a role player who brings that experience and shares that like, this is what it's like feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everyone wants it, but maybe there's just a little something different from the like, oh my God, when I want it, it was like this being added to a room. Maybe that's something that they, they look for this year. Yeah, no, I, I certainly could see that. I mean, you don't have to have the superstars, but there is value to guys who have been there, done that. And I think a lot of teams sometimes look for those those sort of uh, message guys, you know, that can be can be glue guys to the rest to the rest of the room. So that's that's interesting. The NHL awards uh, will be Wednesday night, of course, June nineteenth. Um, we've mentioned uh, Nikita Kucherov; he should be the favorite and should win 
the Hart Trophy, um, 41 goals, 87 assists. I mean, that's incredible, the most since 95-96. So you also have got Sid Crosby and Connor McDavid in there, but it, this one's going to Kucherov, as you mentioned, right? Yeah, it, it's people have been writing about him as the MVP favorite for <laughs> months before the regular season ended. So, sure. I mean, sure. it would be a major upset if he didn't win it. Yeah, and and I mean you've got a lot of guys in the lightning up for Trevor Nevesna, and you got Vasilevsky going up against Ben Bishop. I mean, what is I mean Vasilevsky had thirty nine wins. I mean, we we forget that that's the most in the NHL. But is, is he? Has he got a shot? I mean, he's got a shot. He's one of the top three. But you think he'll win this or no? He's got a shot, but I think it goes to Bishop. I think he had a great year. Um, he had career numbers. But I think this one goes to Bishop. I think Kucherov will be the only winner. Cooper's got a shot at mm-hmm. Jack Adams, but I think Baruby takes that. Right. You know, obviously now we're tainted by the playoffs, and the votes were all completed before the playoffs. Before, yeah, that's um, the thing. Yeah. So that is a factor. Now I could here, see Barry, I could see Barry Trotz winning that too, couldn't you? I mean, I could too. I mean, that's the one. I could see that one kind of going any which way. But I think it's Baruby yeah. because. He took a, took over a team in November and then got them from last place to um, in the playoffs. You know, that was mm-hmm. what people knew when they were voting. That's I think true. that's, that's going to carry a lot of weight. Um, I think Cooper very much earned that spot as a finalist. You know, people say, well, look at all the stars he has. Of course, the Lightning were expected to do well. But the team wasn't that different from last year's team. So what took this team from great a year ago to even better this year, you got to give a coach some credit for that. So I think Mm -hmm. he earned that spot for sure. But I think especially because voters do tend to look at it as, well, well, who did the most with the least? I think that will not work in Cooper's favor um, when you look at the other two finalists. And I think, I don't think Hedman wins the Norris. Um, He did not have the year he had, Last year when he won it, um, I think that one goes to Mark Giordano. Um, mm-hmm. He had a great year, uh, in a multifaceted great year in Calgary. So I think that's where that one goes. I mean, these Lightning players absolutely deserved these. Well, Hedman did surprise me a little bit, I'll be honest. He had a good year, but I didn't think he was one of the top three this year. Uh, compared to what he did a year ago. But they all, you know, these are great players that we're talking about. There's not a whole lot of, like, major differences between them. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I could very well be wrong on any of these, but those are my, my hunches. No, I think that's that's usually, you know, that's sort of what people are predicting. And uh, and sometimes, you know, with Hedman winning it last year, your reputation earns you that the, the following season. And sometimes you don't win it in the year that maybe you should have. So um, his nomination isn't all... Uh, that's surprising. I'll get you out on this one, Diana. Um, Las Vegas, and I don't mean I don't mean the Golden Knights, but Las Vegas, the Gamblers, uh, like the Tampa Bay Lightning to be the favorites to win the Stanley Cup next year. Um, they are like six to one favorites, and that's the best odds you can get right now. I know uh, there's not a lot of gamblers over at Emily Arena necessarily, but um, certainly they have their own expectations. What just? How do you think that that this, as an organization, or maybe it's John Cooper's job or the players, will handle a sort of this? I don't know, 
fantastic season uh, gone gone sour to uh, no one will trust you again until you get to the postseason. I mean, they legitimately um, can do whatever in the regular season, and until they get back to the point where they were 11 months ago, we won't really know what they are. So how do you think they'll handle, again, the expectations of being the favorites and, and all that comes with uh, with that? They said all the right things during the regular season about how the playoffs were what mattered most, but maybe this was the lesson to really feel it. You know, they just got taught the hardest lesson about how you can be amazing and it won't count in the end. So maybe this will, you know, the best teams, the best athletes get motivated by their losses, right? We've all, you know, seen how different teams can respond to that stuff and um, if they can respond that way and take it as motivation and not lose track of the regular season, but also really feel the, the need for, to not um, count on anything based on the regular season, then uh, maybe there's a difference there. I think the regular season still matters, um, obviously. Uh but maybe kind of it's the last month of the regular season that needs to be a little different. Maybe that's where you kind of look ahead a little too much and need to maintain your focus. Well, knowing the regular season doesn't matter in the end or, you know, doesn't count as much in the end. It's how you finish out the regular season can still have an effect on how you get to the playoffs. Um, I think that's, you know, how they start the regular season isn't going to be the big indication to anybody um, as much as how they end the regular season. Well, it's going to be a, a fascinating off season. And I think probably one of some changes and you can read about them in the Tampa Bay times, Tampa Bay.com with Diana Nearest. Diana, thanks so much. We appreciate the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, the NHL off season is certainly upon us. We got the awards uh, show is on Wednesday. The NHL draft in Vancouver is uh, this weekend, of course, Friday and Saturday, and free agency begins on July 1st. Meanwhile, the Rays start their series in New York against the Yankees. We begin our series with Rays radio play-by-play man Dave Wills. You want to be on hand for that the next few days. And then later in the week, we'll have Bucks quarterbacks coach Clyde Christensen. So you don't want to miss any of those interviews. Keep it right here each day for a new episode of Sports Day Tampa Bay. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.